I'm recording. Boom, we're on. Tony, do the intro. Tony. Hi, 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 hi. We're going to start a little bit differently today. I want to okay. first talk about a uh, uh, lovely guest that we had, Wanda Ortiz. She was wonderful, wonderful, and great devil bass player as well. And yes. uh, love hearing about the Iron Maidens. She was fantastic, great. Very, very interesting duality there, playing classical music in a symphony and then playing in an Iron Maiden tribute band. It's amazing. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Her, her, her musicality is... Like it, it, it's high. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. She is a true, just a gifted musician. We haven't had that much double bass conversation yeah. on uh, the big bottom. Yeah. So it's really good to hear about that and hearing yeah. another perspective. So which is great. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not my forte. I know you guys play more upright than I do. So. Mm -hmm. that's yeah. Nice. It was fantastic. I loved hearing. Um, I love that she has a five-string double bass. Oh man, those are great. Yeah. Those those are still getting a lot of crap though, from uh, the purists in the orchestra. That would rather have uh, see you know C extension on it. But you know, she was yeah. very practical about it, saying that's you know it's too much here to to raise yeah. up. So I just bought a five-string instead. Yeah. Well, and she brought up the size. I mean, she's petite. You know, so mm -hmm. smaller players definitely will have, I mean, you know, you have to get the size appropriate bass for one, but then if you're right. feet and you get a C extension, it just becomes this monster, this thing. So the five string is more practical, but at the same time, you're sacrificing some tone also, whatever that may be. You've got a bigger body, bigger thing. It's not going to speak as fast. So yep. it was, it was a really give and take, give yeah. and take. really interesting. And I, I love how she she didn't think she was going to be nerdy enough. I think she's a, she's one of us. Uh, yeah, she's she's fine. Wanda, <laughs> you're a nerd, okay? There you <laughs> Official base nerd. Admit admittance is the first step, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and she went away wanting to buy a bunch of gear, so that's uh, our job. Well, we did our job. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Two of each, three of each. I, and I love that she, um, you know, she thought that she only had two or three bases. She's like, oh, yeah, I have like 12. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hey, uh, sponsors. John, can you mention our first sponsor? I believe our first sponsor hails from uh, Steve's Neck of the Woods, and that would be Golden State Coffee Roasters. Hey, there it is. Sadly, uh, I don't have anything to show because I put, uh, I actually just got a brand new cold brew maker. Whoa. So the rest of my harsu right now is currently in the fridge. Nice. Now, if the cold brew maker, um, how does it make it? I'm just wondering, do you? I mean, it really, it's, it's almost like steeping tea. Okay. Except instead of, you know, like you put like the, the tea in the hot water, you know, for a couple sure. of minutes, you stir it around. Uh, cold brew, you put the, you know, the coffee grounds in the water, you leave it for about a day in the fridge. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, it takes a long time to steep. Yep. Very cool. Yep. But then, then it's super concentrated. So then that's why you pour it over ice. You add, you know, a little water, a little milk, whatever you yeah. want. So. So Golden State Coffee Roasters, Golden, uh, Golden State dot coffee is their website, which I'll put up. Yep. Um, and they have a location in Old Town Placentia, which is near fullerton and they have a facility and you can use the promo code big bottom 15 
big which bottom is big one bottom five. one five. Yeah. Uh, either, at either their online store or the one that Steve just mentioned, the yeah. real one. Yeah, and they have a great facility, and uh, you know, the more we open up, you know, that's that's going to be yep. a that's going to be a nice location for some events. Yeah. Well, be- and I talked to Ross too, and he's I think cool. this week he's he's doing the cupping for some new blends and things. So he was pretty excited about that. So we should see some um, some newer, new exciting offerings that he's able to, to uh, show. Nice. I mean, that's the cool thing I like about coffee is that it is seasonal the whole time. I, so, it really is. I'm digging the Winchester. I haven't dug into that yet. I like the Winchester. Is it a Good. darker or a lighter roast? It's like a blend. Oh, really? Let me, um, hold on, gentlemen. Put on my. I always put on his glasses. You didn't want to do this like you did for Poncho. Wait, no, I didn't want to do that. So yeah, you guys can read it. There you go. Yep. No, but the Winchester blend, uh, brown sugar, roasted nuts, dark chocolate. Uh, it is. Uh, it it's a medium roast, or it says dark chocolate. I actually think it's kind of a medium roast. Yeah. So it's not. Dark. It's just really, really good. And I'm a pour over guy, so I do a lot of pour over. Yeah. Um, and it just it's it's just good. Yeah, I'm digging it. But all their stuff is good. So Oh yeah. yeah. So kids, try it out. All you children out there. Get, get your caffeine. Cup. It's a sophisticated yeah. cup of coffee, I will say yeah. that. It's yeah. good. Good people. So um all right, who's our next one? Tony. Uh, a Designs Audio, Pete Montessi. And I just want to talk about something used in drum overheads. Boom boom boom. Pacifica. Pacifica. That's a that's a badass piece of gear. That, that is a great. badass piece of gear. Yeah. Used for many different things. Again, mine specifically more for overheads, but yeah, use it for anything. Kill it for vocals as well. Yeah. I have the KGB. This one is the one that has the tone filters. So that's a good one. And then obviously the big, uh, the big daddy, boy. the ready, the staple in god knows how many and then obviously the ventura right there so yeah so a designs audio.com pete montessi one of the uh just one of the goats for uh audio design and you know goats being greatest of all time Mm -hmm. you guys know um yeah fantastic stuff so those are two uh two sponsors we love them a lot man how are you guys doing good yeah good yeah um gig stuff new stuff in the horizon on the horizon i mean our uh like i said last week the um we had our first church gig you know we did we did the outdoor uh thing so i mean i got to bring an amp um big shout out to jim and holly bergantino and uh lee pressgrave for um letting me borrow one of the b amps and that thing just i mean it kills at home but (laughs) outside was really pretty awesome for it too but it sounds like we're going to be that's the weekly thing now they were thinking maybe they'd do it every other week or something but it sounds like it's been it was received enough that we're gonna do it regularly like that so fantastic now and you use the b amp with the schroeder cabinet with the schroeder two by six yeah and actually wanda mentioned i didn't know this but she uses she's been using schroeder cabs forever yeah that's awesome yeah york that's another Love York. Great yeah. dude. Great yeah. guy. Yeah. Great people. Um, and then, and, and for you, John, you use, you do actually use presets and stuff. So that amp is very good. Right. 
Yeah, because I mean, I have a bunch of different bases that are very different. So to have presets that I can dial in specifically for something and then call it back up. Okay. It's super cool. Nice. I like that. And uh, Tony, how about you? So I've got a show in October, but it was just recently canceled, postponed. Mm. Sorry, man. Well, it happens, but you know, some things in the works. I'm not really <laughs> complaining. Um, I mean, I've done my fair share of gigging in the past decade, so. Sure. You know, right. As much as I miss it, kind of enjoying the break in some regards. So, yeah. Uh, uh, I know back, I'll come back strong, so. Yeah. Well, Dig Bateri has new material coming out. You guys are working yeah, on Yeah, Joe and stuff? I have been writing. We've been writing right here in this room. Um, nice. You know, we've got, uh, you know, some new pieces, you know, and we always have some funky names for our tunes, you know. Um, <laughs> we just wrote this piece called the Jabberwocky, you know. It's very Japanese. It's very, you know, groove-oriented and fast shuffle type of thing. Um, but... Um, yeah, man, we're we're happy. We're just you yeah. know we're working on a new website actually, you know. So oh, very cool. That's that's the other thing. We we are preparing for when the gates open. Cool. You know? Yep. Yeah, it was an, it was an interesting thing with Wanda, you know, with them having the material, and and I'm sure any artist that has any new material is really wondering what the right move is to do, whether to release it now or release it once the floodgates open COVID post COVID. So, you know, there's, I, I you know, I don't think I, there's the right answer. There's, yeah. I think the right answer is how do you want to address your personal audience? True. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think the iron maidens have such a, I mean, they've got a huge following. They're huge. They, right. I, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know. I think either way would be good right now. They'll get a lot of people listening mm -hmm. i would you know so I, i'm listening to a lot of uh new stuff they do the maiden thing very well oh man they're talented mm -hmm. talented as uh, they're ridiculous yeah i mean to play uh, uh, steve harris is like one of the reasons that i play steve harris and getty those are the two reasons you know and yeah, that's I mean, those are my two in the beginning too. Right, and and Back any my two as well. Yeah, for anybody to play Harris, that's that's a hefty one, man. And man, she she kicks its ass. She does so well. So yeah, enjoy the little talk we had with her. Um, yes. So warning to any of the like heavy metal fans that might check it out. You know, expecting Rhonda to talk. So much about the Iron Maidens, there's a lot of classical based talk as well. So, mm -hmm. warning, yeah, but you classical fans will also dig it as you know, yeah, as well. So, we loved it, she's awesome, yeah, she was great, yeah. Um, also, we have a web page, um, bigbottompodcast.com, mm -hmm. yeah, it's you in the works on Facebook right now, Big Bottom yep. Podcast, right? we're on Facebook. Uh, the web page is in the works. We're kind of putting it together. We're going to have bios, blah, 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 socials. But right now, at least you can go there and everything is on there. Obviously, we're on YouTube. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, we have a Patreon page also. That's uh, So if you want to help us out. Support hey, the cause. Support the cause. Yeah. So it helps the wheel keep moving. Yeah. 
But um, anyways, boys, yeah, we're having a blast. And uh, Wanda, yeah, everybody just uh, enjoy it. And uh, glad you guys are all good and safe. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, Big Bottom Podcast with one. This is going to be episode 15. 15. What? 15. One five. I never thought. We're, uh, we're starting driver's ed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so. All right, guys. Um, I'll start signing off. Steve Arajo. Tony Paleo. John Moody. Big Bottom Podcast. Enjoy Wanda Ortiz. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. We'll see you guys. See ya. Bye. We are recording. Oh my We're God. Recording? Yeah. So this is the Big Bottom Musician Podcast. And we are so stoked to have the wonderfully talented Wanda Ortiz on the podcast. Hey. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? How's, uh, how's things just kind of in general with the craziness? Are you doing well? Oh, yeah. I'm hanging in there. I'm still playing. Um, cool. Well, when I can. Yeah. Normally video gigs. But uh, I, I've also got another job, too, so that helps. I figure I may as well mention that. Some people feel bad when they have to have another job. No. You, no. you know, um, the I had a bumper sticker on my car in college that said, real musicians have day jobs. And the ones that, that like, got it, loved it, and the ones that didn't always got upset. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my, my grandfather, when I was a music major, my grandparents weren't too happy. And uh, I would tell him I would get advice from some teachers. People sure. would tell me things like, well, if you get this other job, that means you think you're not going to succeed at music. And uh, my, my grandfather's like, no, you know, during the Depression, it didn't matter how good you were, mm -hmm. you know. Um, he There was just a lot of musicians out of work. So, uh, I have another career in technology, so awesome. I'm doing okay. Good, good. And you're on the West Coast with me, whereas the boys are on the East Coast. So we got John in Michigan, and Tony is in, um, in uh, sorry. Boston. Throw a dart, Steve. Throw a dart. Uh, in somewhere in the Northeast. <laughs> He's in Boston. So, so yeah, so it's, uh, this has been a really fun podcast where we get to kind of hear from a lot of people kind of all over the, the US. And hopefully we're gonna go international one day and have an international guest, which is actually, you know, we'll see, but it's kind of nice to to hear, especially nowadays, to hear what's going on with everybody in different parts mm -hmm. of the country. It's kind of fun. So but um yeah we all we all dabble in other gigs and day jobs and other We all do what we have yeah. to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't think there should be any shame in that. No. And even before this quarantine, I, I actually think it's you know, as as bass players, I think we've always we're uh, what, we, we kind of look for different opportunities, and we're kind of I, I don't know. I, at least for me, I've always had a lot of irons in the fire, and that's just how I roll. Mm -hmm. You know, and I and I know that that's true for for John and Tony, and it sounds like for you also, where you kind of have to look for a lot of different ways to whatever make a living or just satisfy or satiate that that constant need for learning, at least that's for me, has been that. I mean, Wander, the same thing. Like I went to Berkeley, dropped out after one semester and went and got a double E degree. <laughs> but it took me like many years to do the double E degree because I was touring. So I totally get it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, Gene Simmons, I read his autobiography. He was a school teacher. So um, even 
throughout the, you know, yeah, history, you read about people. Bach did something else. He worked for the church. Most uh, <laughs> most of my musician friends teach at university or wherever. So they're making lessons, excuse me, they're making money doing Zoom lessons. And, um, you know, I figure that's great, you know, that they're able to figure something else out during this time. And I'm happy for them. Especially during this time, we're able to do this and people are right. Teaching, so, and I've, I have some friends that were, that are full-time teachers that actually have gone to all online now and they're much happier. I don't blame them. I mean, that, that way, you know, they're, they're at their home, they have their own studio, they're, they don't have to pay rent other than, you know, to a, a school or whatever. And, you know, and it's nice, you know, there's a lot of schools that are doing it too, which is great. So mm -hmm. thank God we have that opportunity. We are starting to open up out here on the college and personal level. Like I know Northeastern is uh, like Zeke, the drummer I play with, he's, he's, he's doing drum lessons there now. He's just starting to get ready to roll up. Or, or he should, I should, should say he will be in a couple of weeks. They are going to be doing it in person. And Joe is starting to teach people in person as well right now. So it's slowly happening. But mm -hmm. our numbers are a little bit lower than other parts of the country right now. So I don't know if that's something to do with it or not. Fingers crossed that, you know, stuff will open up. And yeah. So I, okay. So Wanda, you are the bass player in the Iron Maidens, which is... The best thing love it so rad are you a founding member are you were you the original bassist for them no actually they had somebody else for their first i think it was 12 or 13 shows okay um and then that person left to uh, i think she left to go to another country or whatever and then i joined uh, i'm on all their cds and all <laughs> everything so um i don't know it, it, we've had it's the drummer and I have been in it the longest. The other members, Courtney, the guitar player, and Kirsten, our singer, have been in since 2008. And then our newest member, Nikki, was uh, she was sitting in with us before. We had a rotating uh, seat for a while for, for the Dave Murray position. Okay. So, mm -hmm. And now, now we have Nikki Stringfield for that. So, band's been going for almost. Oh, I'm almost embarrassed to say, like close to 20 years. That's incredible. Wow, mm -hmm. that's, that's awesome. Oh my gosh, that's I don't, great. I don't know if there's a lot of bands that can say they've been together for 20 years. You know, I mean, that's it's like a family. You know, you definitely, no matter what, you're going to get these internal struggles. It's just, it's a, it's a family. It's a close knit family. So that's that's awesome. And you've been with them for 20 years. Well, I think it or, started. I joined in 2002. Okay. <laughs> started in 2001 so okay maybe 18 years yeah, 18 years mm -hmm. that's, that's uh that's substantial yeah <laughs> that's awesome man and then you're also a, an accomplished a double bass player orchestra you is that how you started with double yes. bass yes uh i was kind of a that was kind of an accident i was i think i was nine yeah it was fourth grade i was in fourth grade and we were starting uh, to learn music and we all got to go to there's like a different uh, classroom on, on the same school where we would have the music lessons and I was late so all of the school instruments had been checked out and, and I was <laughs> late um, so I was really you know kind of upset because I really really wanted to play music 
I, I really wanted to play something. And the teacher pointed out a little tiny double bass. It was a junior bass. It's in the corner. She's like, well, that's what's left. You can play that if you like. <laughs> Your parents have to say it's okay. And uh, so that's how I started. Wow. I, I think that a lot of bass players start off with like, oh, that's what's left. All right, you're the bass player. Whether it's at a school or a garage band with a bunch of friends that are like, well, we already got guitar players. You're just going to play bass. Like that's, that's how I started too. But that's, you know, a little later. But yeah, wow. Oh, I, I love it. The instrument was a little bit big. Um, I have a friend. I think you might have met him, Klaus Freudenstein. Uh, he was on the board for International Society of Bassists, and he developed this little, these little bases for, for small people. Mm -hmm. So I wish those were around. Um, oh, wow. Are like a cello, like cello size for yeah. younger? Oh, okay. They're, well, they're proportioned like a bass, mm -hmm. but they're the size of a cello. So a five-year-old can play it now, or mm -hmm. a seven-year-old wow. can play it now. Yeah, he's on Facebook, and then uh, okay. you can get more information on, well, if you can, his name's a little, it's Freudenstein, and then International Society of Bassists, you can probably find out about that. That's isbworldoffice.com. Yeah. And um, that's also a good website for bass players to check if you're looking for resources for teaching online, mm -hmm. finding a bass community, well, in addition to the bass hang and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Now, and you've been part of the ISB for a while. Are you, been, are you on the board or you've been, I know you're part of that, right? Um, I'm on the advisory board, yes. so it's not a full-time board position. It's mm -hmm. we get questionnaires and they'll uh, send uh, emails to us asking our opinions or you know to kind of set a, a, help set a course for the organization, how to uh, help support the members, mm -hmm. kind of keep the base world going. Um, awesome. I love it. You know, so. Yeah. Nice. And then now, do you uh, play electric upright as well? Like something like what Ned Steinberger would do just for ease and comfort. You know, I find I'm not really an upright guy, but if I go to one of his something with like no body, I just feel like it's much more comfortable right away. I haven't needed to play uh, a, an electric upright, quite honestly. I, I was in jazz bands in junior high and high school. And after a while, there's the bass. Fortunately, is such such a versatile instrument. Fortunately, but unfortunately, because you have to eventually pick something, and it's hard to be, you know, you end. It's hard to be like master to master everything, every style. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I'm playing mostly classical music in addition to the girls. So uh, you don't really need a, an upright electric for the orchestra, and. I haven't done a jazz gig and usually the, the closest thing I get to jazz these days is when I'm doubling on electric bass with the orchestra and then there's a jazz number. But uh, since I have so many opportunities to play electric bass with the girls right now, a lot of the times I'll have my friend play the electric bass in the orchestra so I can play the upright play the bass and not have to deal with the, with the <laughs> doubling. Um, but, but I will double like if there's nobody else to do it or it, if it's too, uh, if it's if it's a great part, I'll probably want to do it. One time I had to turn it down. There was like something that called for a five-string fretless electric, 
So that, that's going to be my next GNL purchase, Steve. Yeah, um, gotcha. We gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I came back from tour too late. Mm. And it was called, uh, oh gosh, Shinkra Goddess or something like that. I forgot. Mm. And the music, it, it was a pretty rock and bass part. And I really wanted to play it, but I only had a week to put it together. And uh, I didn't have a five string fretless electric. So do you know Carlos Rivera? Like, sounds so familiar. Yeah, that sounds so familiar. He does the musicals. He okay. he had played that musical for six months. So I'm like, I you know, just like let's just have Carl Carlos do it. And the guy just he killed it. Killed it. It's yeah. so good. So, but I, I was jealous. We'll build one. Up. Or again, we're on the <laughs> West Coast, so you can borrow. Like I said, anything I have, you're more than welcome to. So, ping so me Wanda, in. what are you playing for GNLs? Tell tell us about what you're using in the GNL family. I mostly play the SB2s. Uh, I took the SB2 off of the the headstock because I don't know. I, yeah. I kind of I'm, I kind of like a more austere, cleaner look. Sure. So it just says GNL mm -hmm. all my headstocks. Uh, I, I've got the JB2. I've got an L2500. Um, so those are the main things I, I play. Mostly the SB2. I've got a black and a, a sparkly blue one. The sparkly blue one's the one I play the most and, and I must say that thing like I can take it to Alaska I can take it to Japan on the plane like here I'm looking at other people's instruments and they're all messed up from the flight or they're all out of tune I take out that GNL like nothing's ever wrong with it ever it's just like maybe it's a little tiny bit out of tune but it's, it's such a sturdy workhorse instrument it, it's great I recommend it to everybody so yeah they're they're pretty bomb proof for sure <laughs> oh my gosh yeah you could probably light it on fire throw yeah. it down the stairs <laughs> nothing happens to it and uh well you've probably seen my bass when i've taken it in it's yes. uh we look, yeah hey. I, I, it's it's i haven't been that gentle with it mostly because of the airlines and etc so i i don't i like a bass that's been played that's what they're there for. I mean, the, you mm -hmm. know, that, I, I like that. We like that. I love seeing a, an instrument that comes in that's like, all right, this is being used like it should be used. It's for it. Yeah, that function, you know. It, yeah, they're pretty maybe much. it's not being played, you know. Play yeah. Yes, right. I mean, there's, you know, there's collector's items anybody can have. But, you know, when you're playing an instrument, it's, yeah, get it out there. Play the crap out of it, man. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Now, are you playing flat wounds like Steve Harris, or is it what? Well, are you... I I was playing flat wounds in the beginning. Okay. The is is that he the type of endorsement he has uh, he gets new strings like all the time, so and he changes them. I I talked to his bass tick. He gets a new set of strings for every show. Wow. When he records, I think they change the strings for every song. He because he, he likes that. Uh, really punchy sound sure. but unfortunately with the flat wounds uh you lose it after a yeah, right. couple yeah and uh well replacing strings after every single show it's kind of not really in my budget so uh <laughs> the basic just said just use the round wounds Great. The only difference is when you do a gliss you get the mm -hmm. da -da -da -da, you know with the round wound where you won't get that with the flat wounds Mm -hmm. But there's not really very many instances in that music where I have to do a gliss. So, you know, I'll lift up my hand a lot more so that I don't, so I don't get that. But mm -hmm. 
it's, what it's is, uh, better for the budget there. Yeah, and he uses he's a roto sound guy. Roto sound. Yeah, he uses like a heavy set too. One ten yeah, or something. He uses the jazz strings. I think they're just the same thing as the you know the flat ones, the jazz strings, but okay. you know, just put the blue thread on there. It's they're very heavy strings. Mm. I like them, but I just can't afford to to change them after every single show. So. Um, well, I'll, I'll yeah. put them on for a special show, like if we're getting videotaped. Sure. So. Mm -hmm. A little more authentic. Yeah, but you guys, man, you guys sound, if, honestly, if people have not, just Google the Iron Maidens or Iron Maidens YouTube. It's yeah, mind-blowing, just incredible. And, All right, Steve. Yes. I got it up. Oh, got it. Okay. Uh, uh, John, is, Moody, John Moody is our fact checker. He checks well, the Well, I, I, I have a second screen. Oh, <laughs> see how you are? I need to get I, I, Yeah. Dude, once you use two screens, going to one is just, it's not right. I know. So, um, yeah, Steve's set is 50, 75, 95, and a 110. Wow. Oof. So, I mean, like, that A-string's a beast. And then, oh, interesting, it's a Monell flat wound, so it's actually a, nic a pure nickel uh, flat wire. Oh, interesting. That's wound on it, yeah. So that might be they just kind of, they lose their life quick. They're like, yeah, they're... That would probably, I mean, and it's got a darker sound to begin with. Interesting. So yeah, it would definitely lose that, that punch on it pretty, pretty quick. That reminds me of the same, the, the, the gauge of the, the Jamerson, the James Jamerson mm -hmm. strings are still, are like super heavy, like a 110 on the low, on the E, which, yeah, but. I don't mind the heavy gauge. I mean, yeah. I, I got the upright bass strings. Yeah, you're, so used to, you're used to that, that so. So. This is the real thing, man. That you know, that's nothing can. That, that's yeah, just an incredible instrument. Oh, I love it. Are you French or German bow? French bow. French bow. All right. Nice. Nice. Ah, so Sean. <laughs> <laughs> what I have, I have two French bows. I mean, I have a German for. Um, I usually tell people that's like the power, or like. Bigger well, pieces, and then French, I usually get for more nuance. It depends on your size, too. I had a German bow before, but I had a private teacher uh, switch me to the French because I'm not very tall. So when I would, uh, my, and my arms aren't very long, so mm -hmm. I, I could get a lot more, I could do a lot more with the French bow and mm -hmm. play more cleanly and quicker with the French bow than I could with the German. Um, I, I know what you're saying about the power because you can really get in there. You're right. A different muscle to pull it. Yep. Um, where uh, Where did you study in uh, double bass? Like when you, you know, who did you study with and when, what school and all that stuff? Oh, well, um, my first teacher was Cynthia Interest. I was in elementary school. And then I had a private teacher named Kim Brensick. Mm -hmm. And she was really great. I was 10 or something. I don't know whatever happened to Kim. I, I got to look her up. Then uh, high school, I kind of, uh, I kind of got bummed out about the bass for a little bit. And I remember taking a break from it and you guys are going to make fun of me, but I played the viola for a year. So <laughs> oh. any other instrument, you picked viola. Yeah. Well, then I went to college. I decided to get back into the bass. You know, I, I was playing electric bass when I was doing the viola. Mm -hmm. um, Electric bass, I didn't really have any lessons. Well, John Schneiderman, he yep. would show me a couple things. He was at UCI. Uh, I got my undergraduate degree in music at UCI and studied with uh, Andre Balmer, who studied 
the, the Juilliard School. I've had uh, master classes with David Walter and uh, anytime there was a master, master class, I would always try to go. Uh, I went to a master class with, um, oh boy, Francois Rabat. Oh yeah. And, oh, okay. And he told me my bass sucked. Oh. <laughs> I was really sad. He, uh, wow. I'm like, well, I, they're, they're expensive. He's like, well, do you want to play or not? And I did have kind of a check. I had a Czechoslovakian bass that was too big for me. So I traded it at World of Strings. I don't know if you sure. remember that place in Long Beach. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I got this cute little Romanian red bass that I've named Little Guy. <laughs> and then I was going to get a extension on it. And then I decided I'm too short for the extension. I couldn't play it comfortably because there's a reach. Sure. So yeah. I went with a five string, which is behind me. Oh, that's awesome. So I got that too. And uh, I've named that one Big Guy. So. <laughs> that's right. There's something about bowing a low B string that's just, there. there's nothing like it. It's really just great. Oh, we all look forward to it. Even oh, yeah. with a high C, if it's like the end of the, the piece. <laughs> I think a lot of us get uh, tempted to play the low C. Like yeah, just, I'll just drop the octave. Why not? That's yeah. cool. And then did it take a while? Did you play five string electric more or five string double bass more? I play the five string double bass more, excuse okay. me, <laughs> because uh, a lot of the repertoire calls for the low C. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes if, if it's a bunch of pieces that don't require the low C or there's other bass players in the orchestra that I know have an extension, I'll bring the little guy cool. because the little guy has a little bit, uh, it's got a sweeter sound and it's easier to maneuver around. Uh, the five strings kind of, uh, it's kind of a doghouse. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> around it. I had yeah. them build it to my specs. What kind of, what kind of bass is, uh, is that one? The five string was made by somebody named Arcos Balas. It's an Arcos okay. Balas bass. Nice. So he shipped it in pieces to World of Strings. And then I had it, uh, you know, whittled down. The yeah. neck got whittled down. Everything kind of got built a certain way. It's still a tad bit, you know, on the, the top. It's still a little bit wide, but it sounds great. So, uh, and I got a pretty good deal on it. You don't need to spend a lot of money on a double bass. They have great deals in Eastern Europe. Yeah. yeah. You know, everybody that plays that loves that bass. It yeah. seems there's a lot of builders now too that are coming up with really solid instruments around like the the four thousand and under category for double basses now. I think you could probably well, I think you could probably get something good between maybe eight to ten or something. I don't think they've completely like i know there's chinese bases but i don't mm -hmm. think they've completely nailed it just yet yeah. but I, I would look in eastern europe for a base mm -hmm. or yeah. you know who knows ebay or something sometimes somebody's grandpa just passed away and yeah. you yep. could get a an excellent base uh sometimes people don't even know how much they're worth true the um well, deal. yeah well colstein brings in a lot of bases from Eastern Europe, like Romania and stuff. And they'll bring in, they'll do the whole Colstein thing. They'll put the bridge and, you know, for five grand or four grand, you get a solid carved instrument that's actually good, and decent, you know, and depends on how you set it up, obviously, whether you're orchestral or pits or whatever, you can, you know, it, it, they make great bases. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm both of my bases are Eastern European. My first one's from Romania. Um, yeah. Our is Hungarian. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, they play well. I, I'm not a collector. I just yeah. I have instruments to play. I, I don't yeah. care if it's uh, 500 years One old. Function. Yeah. You know, and if you think about it, if you really think about it, way back when, when musicians played, like say in the 1800s, they played new instruments. So the thing yeah. to do <laughs> is get a new instrument that looks like an old instrument. Yeah. Then then you'll sound like them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Hopefully, he's got to practice. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and then speaking of Francois Raboff, he, I mean, he has the method, the, the almost one finger per fret on the double bass, as opposed to like Samandel, you know, do, doesn't he do the, the Raboff method is one finger per note, right? One, two, three, four, F, F sharp, G, G sharp, or whatever. I have the Samandel books. Yes. I wish I had the Rabat books, but when I first went to UCI, I started on the Rabat book and I liked it because all of the exercises were songs. Okay. And then I got a different teacher. And the Samandel book's good, but it's just, uh, yeah. I didn't really like practicing it very much because it's, it's tough just, to work through. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was yeah. all skills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you ever um, did you ever take lessons with Art Davis? Because he was part of, you know, Golden West, OCC and stuff. I was just wondering if you ever and he lived out by us in Costa Mesa. No, I, I didn't. I took lessons uh, with David Young for a okay. little bit after after UCI. Oh, and do you know Dean Farrell? That sounds familiar, but yeah. yeah. He was in the Icelandic Symphony. Oh, wow. He, I liked him. He had kind of an attitude and, you know, some people just said, oh, that guy's you know, has yeah. some wild ideas, but, <laughs> but I thought he was really, really good and, cool. and talented. So, well, even wild ideas, it's, you know, even if, yeah, if you get one or two, I don't know, one or two little tips or something and can extrapolate that from that. I mean, I don't know if you learn one thing out of a, an hour lesson, that's worth it right there, you know, mm -hmm. or electric or upright, whatever it is. I think it's valuable. I, I think so. Yeah. Um, and amplification-wise, what do you use? Well, not now, but when you're on tour, what are you using? Um, on tour, well, my, my latest acquisition was an MB500. It's lightweight. Okay. It sounds smooth and crisp. Um, nice. It's per perfect for practicing inside at low volumes, but you can play it with a drum set, play with a drum set with it. Yeah. Um, I also got the MB8 Fusion 800. I play that mostly with the girls. Both of those are discontinued, and I've been eyeing uh, the Fusion S series, maybe the Legacy one too. But I was just like, yeah. okay, no, I don't need to buy anything right now. Let's. Legacy's let's great. Legacy eight hundred. Yeah. More fans. It's good. Well, I don't think that one's going to be discontinued, and the benefit um, of having that is, say, if I need something, then there's going to be pieces, parts for it. Uh, yeah. Now that the MVs are discontinued, well, they're really reliable. I haven't had any problems, but I'm always thinking in the back of my head, like, well, what happens if, uh, yeah. you know, something happens? Well, it's it, obviously <laughs> nice to have, a, yeah, it, it's great to have a backup, but all of us can attest. And, and actually Tony is, is, or was, he's done a lot with GK and yeah, I'm the GK Facebook admin. And yeah you know one of the clinicians oh so. i love them yeah, yeah. they're they're fantastic I, I mean i had a uh an mb800 forever i mean that thing was it's bulletproof so yeah I, I, they're just great amps i've had yeah. them all and i yeah. really like <laughs> a lot yeah you know what i like the most about them well not the most but it's a big key feature that i love you know i i usually um 
schlep my own gear. So mm -hmm. I love it that I can just put that in my purse. Tiny, I just yeah. put a big purse oh. <laughs> in my purse. And uh, I'm like, this rocks or, you know, a backpack or, or whatever. It's not this big gar gargantuan thing I need to schlep. It's, yeah. it's really great for the working, working musician. Absolutely. Well, I want to hear something funny. You know where I keep a spare MB200? Why? Wait, no, where, where in my glove box? Oh, that is funny. <laughs> it's like right there. <laughs> so unlike those uh, movies where the guy reaches in his glove box and pulls out a gun, Tony's like, hold on. And pulls out, pulls out the image. He's like, "We're good." I've got a little backup in up that'll just barely uh -huh. spring through. Two hundred watts. <laughs> for emergency, yeah. I, I keep the music stand in my car at all times because I've been so many places, and for whatever reason, you know, I, I don't know why, but it's always it seems like it's bass players that you need a stand. Never mind that we're bringing the biggest thing, you know. Mm -hmm. just, so I keep an emergency it's stand. It's so teeny. It's 2.2 pounds. It's little. It's like you could dip it in guacamole and eat it. You know, it's really small. <laughs> and I feel back up here. Okay. Yeah. I have two of them and I keep one in my glove box. You know, oh, <laughs> I did when I was, you know, pre-COVID. Yeah. Well, the, and, and the great thing about those amps is they're really like, exactly like you said. I mean, back in the day, we had to have bigger amps, but those MBs for the size, they they actually sound great and they have that uh, for me it's always the um i just want to have that heft behind the note and mm. some class d amps just don't have that and the mbs uh, they had it and and it's really weird because you look at it and it's so small but it just it had even the 200 and the 500 they ample power no matter what you know that's they work they have heft and they respond like that there's that's, a certain punch factor yeah. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist with some other class D's. Yeah. Oh, I'd love them. Yeah. So I, I, I'm probably going to get another one. Not decided yet. Probably the Legacy. Cool. I'm, I'm all in a couple different things, but you know, maybe after the pandemic when I might actually be using them more. Mm. Yeah. The Legacy, you just got to turn down the highs a little bit. It's a little bright. But other than that, it's really nice. Borrow mine anytime. Take it mess with it i've got a couple of amps borrow it next yeah, time you're take you up on that yeah. just see how it how it goes yeah next time you're at gnl just remind me i'll ha just take it for a few weeks because i, I so what are you using for cabinets then are you, are you, yeah. oh, actually the person that turned me on to g you know gallian kruger was uh york schroeder, mm. so I've got schroeder okay. superior cabs uh, the main thing that attracted me to those, uh, there's there's a lot of great cabs out there, right? He's a friend but, of ours. We, we love him. Shout out, Yorg. We love Yorg. Such I, a use, I use a two by six that he made for me all the time. Yeah, John's a big proponent of, of him. So. I love them. They're badass sounding. They, you That's know, great. those things cut. Those things mm -hmm. with the, the Galleon Krugers, they, they cut through. Yeah. Um, another thing I like is, again, I, I schlep my own stuff. Yeah. So the fact that they're like 40 pounds, I'm like, yeah, I can, I, I can, I can deal with this. Um, yeah. 40 pounds, what is it, a 212 then? Um, I've got, no, I've got a, I think I've got three with four, with four tens. Cool. And mm -hmm. I've got two with two tens. I nice. think maybe he <laughs> might put more in there because he does some weird thing on the angle where he's right. one in there, you know? Um, he was he was one of the early adapters when he I've known York forever, man. Back when he would, lived in Hacienda Heights, we would go out there and have these. This is pre bass hang. We would have these SoCal 
get-togethers, SoCal GTG base get-togethers. We'd go to his place and just geek out, and he would bring his cabs. And this was when he was making the... He would make his 1212, which was that concept, the front facing and then the in, and then he would do it with tens. And then he started expanding, and you know we all know he's. Yeah, you know, I wanted uh, to get one of the uh, one of his 12 tens, dude. That he had like that because that thing was a yeah. just a monster. Yeah, it, no, I'm embarrassed, but maybe I have the 12s. I just haven't yeah, looked 12s. at it for so yeah, long. Good. His like, 12s don't sound like anybody it, else's because the attack is yeah like that. And so much bottom end. I mean, he just really mm -hmm. nailed that. And and he was one of the early guys that started. Well, there were people using neodymium, but he started using these neodymium like um, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, fatal fatal drivers and Italian drivers, where he didn't skimp on the price. I mean, he was he just yeah. wanted to make really great sounding, girthy cabs <laughs> that were light. So mm -hmm. yeah, his stuff. He's great, man. That's awesome. We love Yorg. <laughs> yes we're a fan yeah me too yeah he's good Luana, you're not that geeky you don't know what size speakers you have so you're losing your geek yeah. yeah i'm losing my geekiness here i thought it was the 10s he put in there but i think it might be the 12s i bought them uh a long time ago sure. you know mm -hmm. so i think i, I got... yeah yeah it's been a while that that's i you know there's a few things you know all of us buy and sell gear and we you know it's we nerd out we there's always the next thing but i that's one of the cabs that i'm bummed about is that i had one of the original 1212s from way back in the day and i'm bummed i don't have that anymore i wish i had that cab but what can you uh -oh. do oh well <laughs> oh well <laughs> so one are you doing any recording do you do recording at home do you do any sessions and stuff uh no no, no? Okay. Uh, I, actually i i take that back you know if i get a call i'll do one okay. i did a recording with uh one of my friends um kristen lawrence she uh she went to uh brigham university okay. i think brigham young and uh she studies halloween so she travels the world and she studies all uh everybody's Halloween culture. So she made a Halloween oh. CD. So I did that. Um, oh. I do have some recordings out. Mm -hmm. I, have you heard of, well, some people haven't heard of it because it's a really old band, but you guys probably have. Have you guys heard of Uriah Heep? Of course. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I used to be in a band called Heartache City. And then, uh, oh, wow. so I have a, a, a CD out with one of their old singers, Steve Fontaine, except I think they called him Steph Fontaine. Okay. It sounds totally eighties and, Love um, it. that's great. Yeah, I've been in blues bands and I've done the whole original band thing. And uh, like most original bands, um, we didn't, we weren't met with a great deal of success, but we had a lot of fun. Cool. It's almost mm -hmm. like winning the lottery these days to make it big in an original band. Yeah. I think it was like winning the lottery 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now yeah. it's like, uh, well, you know. It's even harder, I think, in a way, you know. Oh yeah, and the Iron Maidens. We uh, just finished recording our CD. Actually, we okay. finished it a while ago, but it's still getting mixed. Uh, Bob Kulick was producing it, and uh, oh. he passed away. Sadly, he passed away. So now his partner mm. is mixing it, and uh, that's been an ongoing project. So we're hoping that comes out. I don't know that we want to release it during 
the whole yeah. pandemic, it, it sure. seems a little anticlimactic, sort of. It's just like, here's our CD. Well, you know, yeah, right. we're getting deluged um, online with like tons of stuff. So, you know, maybe, maybe that might be better. What do you think? Is it better to release it during the pandemic when everyone's at home and just sort of broke or do we, do we wait until we start gigging again and here's our big CD? We're, we're, we're kind of discussing that. I don't know. I have my opinions. That's, that's, a, tough tough question. that's a really tough question. I knew Bob too, actually. So, oh, you know, man. Yeah. Oh, you did, huh, Tony? You knew yeah, him. I, I mean, not well, but we, yeah, we yeah. really friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, okay. So, right now, people are home. And obviously, stuff is going to loosen up and people are maybe going to be working and stuff. The one thing that has not really gone down is retail sales and online sales. So, you could have an argument for sure that more people are going to be home and more apt to stay home and download music and listen to music while they're whatever, exercising or doing something. I, I don't know. There's there's this twofold thing, you know, that I, I, it could be good right now. I don't know. I, I, you know, people are buying stuff right now. So in my opinion, yeah, if you have a really good point, um, Wanda, I'm in the same boat, you know. Yeah. And it's even more obscure stuff. I mean, at least you're doing a rock thing. This is more of a funky fusion thing. We decided to wait after the election, specifically. Uh, mm -hmm. December. So, you know, and we made a conscious decision to do that. So, Yeah, I, that's, that's a good thing, too. Yeah, wait until <laughs> after that. But I think, you know, people are buying stuff and listening, you know. I, buying stuff, but I'm going to side on the caution of everyone. But that's me. Yeah. That's you. You can, I think if you were to do it now, you'd have to really do a huge video campaign. That would be huge. Oh, yeah. You know, you'd have to like, mm. almost like, and I hate doing this. I'm very careful about my social media, but you'd have to almost pseudo cram it down their throats. You'd have to go to like every sort of platform where the hard rock aspect lives and subtly put it in there. So, um, I think even more so now because people are so distracted and divided. That yeah. Kind of yeah, that's a good point. I think on the good side, though, the Iron Maidens, I mean, your following is, is big. You guys have a... Well, it's Iron big... Maidens following. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but I, yeah, but I think, I think you guys probably have, I don't know, maybe, I mean, not more, I mean, Maiden is Maiden, obviously, but, you know, I think you guys have a following and maybe... I would even, I mean, this is a question. Okay, so there's got to be some fans out there that are not even Iron Maiden fans that may not be the biggest, but are more fans of you guys and what you guys do and maybe represent. I, I don't know. Like, Are you live streaming right now, Wanda? Uh, we, did we did do a live stream last month. We're looking at doing another one the end of this month. It's not yet been confirmed. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we're trying to come up with different ideas we don't live all close to each other so it's not convenient for us all to get together plus we're not in each other's isolation bubbles either mm -hmm. yeah. some people want to visit their parents who are older or you know um yeah i wore a mask for our last live stream because you know there were people in the room that were recording us and uh you know, well, there were just people in the room who I knew were immunocompromised. So I'm like, well, sure. you know what? If they get sick, it's not going to be from me. So <laughs> I wore a mask the whole time. Um, I'll probably wear a mask next time. 
because again, I know that there's going to be people coming for the next one that are immunocompromised. So I just figure, yeah, I don't know. Is is there anything, is there any right way to do anything? You wear a mask, people get mad. You don't wear a mask, people get mad. So I'm just like, well, I want to make sure this other person doesn't get sick. Right. I like it. And and if they, if they do, then I can feel good that it wasn't from me. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I think that's the intelligent way to do it. That's smart. It's the conscientious way to do it. Yeah. Right? You really mm-hmm. Other humans, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not comfortable. I have a lot more respect for bands like Slipknot and Kiss after that, <laughs> you know, show. And you know, it's just like the whole ordeal yeah. of five hours wearing a mask. And I put down sunglasses. I put on, excuse me, sunglasses as well because you know sometimes the singer. Uh, I have to I have to give her a break on the mask because sure so, yeah. the lead vocalist I think it's harder to sing when you're wearing the mask yeah uh, yep. in video type live stream situation where there's only the five of us and she's out front um, I wore the goggles because sometimes you know she sprays a little bit so I'm like sure. okay I'll put those on too um, I don't think she's sick but then you hear and you read about instances where people don't know they're sick and they give it Mm -hmm. to somebody else so i'm like well i'm just gonna try and be you know i'm just gonna be careful yeah um i sing backups too you can sing backup vocals perfectly fine with a mask cool Mm -hmm. yeah totally works uh i I get the lead vocal part because it's the whole show and you know then it might sound a little bit muffled but backing vocals are always supposed to be in the background anyway and you know, I, I think it sounded fine. It's perfectly fine. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that people watch, you know, they, they understand. They get it, you know. Oh, somebody wrote no mask and then um, somebody else jumped to my defense. And <laughs> right. yeah, I, I think it should be, you know. You could all do the clinic testing thing, too, if you wanted to. You could all do clinic testing within 72 hours and see if you guys are all right, you know. Yeah, like they do the MMA yeah. fights. Everyone's tested, right? Everyone's tested. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think anyone in the band has it, but yeah, you know, you just don't know. And yeah. now, at least if I wear the mask, I know that I didn't give anybody anything, or I'm less least likely sure. to compared to go. people not wearing the mask. Yeah. You but know, my suggestion is if you do release it sooner during this whole madness, just pimp the hell out of it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's, let, that's let, let a given. really know what it is. Yeah, you know. But then I see the movie theaters. Like, do you notice that there's hardly any cool movies coming out right now? Like, you go on Netflix or Fandango oh. now, and like all the cool movies that were supposed to come out, they just keep delaying them or pushing them. And then you kind of see like more of the B movies coming out. So, <laughs> like, well, how come they're waiting on the good stuff? <laughs> they're, waiting, they're waiting. I have actor people. friends yeah. collecting unemployment. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, they're waiting until the floodgates open and then it's like, yeah, Blockbuster and people can go to the theaters and sell them out and whatever. So, yeah, it's weird. Well, we man. better with merchandise at our live shows. Oh, yeah. You know, it's always better there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as touring schedule, have you guys gone into 2021 already or started? Like, what's your schedule looking like, the future of it? Well, uh, the future is looking pretty good because all of our upcoming gigs have been postponed until 2021. Yeah. So 2021 right. to, to fill up. Yeah. Our next gig was supposed to be, all our August gigs got postponed. Our next gig is September 
six in Washington, but I believe Washington is in phase two. And the last time I went to check the venue website, uh, I didn't see us on there. So we're wondering whether or not that's going to be postponed now. Our Australia tour is, we think that's going to be postponed too. Yeah. So that was the end of September. So all of our gigs that are scheduled, I mean, they're all up on our website, slowly but surely, you know, the promoters or the state or, you know, if they can't do it, they can't do it. The pandemic's yep. still there. Everybody wants to be safe. So we, we can't fault them for wanting to postpone. And, course, you know, yeah. we totally understand. It's, it's a bummer that the pandemic's here, but it is what it is. So yeah. we just got to do what we need to do, I guess. Yeah. I think a lot of people have their eyes on 2021. Mm -hmm. to. Like, okay, let's hone our skills, do this, work on that, and do what we can to get by, and then, you know, wait till 2021. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Like, just, you know, it, it'd be nice if the this thing ended earlier, but they're saying that the vaccine won't come until maybe February of next year. And even when it is here, we're not all going to be able to get it right away. It's going to yeah. go to the frontline workers first. It'll take months. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The orchestras, I'm on the orchestra board. We're not even, we'd like to open up earlier, but our audiences are all older. So we need to worry about them. Yeah. That's going to be, we're looking at January, but, but who knows? And now we're looking at plexiglass to put around everybody. <laughs> so. at, at the front, like fronts of stages or. In Rhode Island, that's what they're doing right now. Clubs are opening in Rhode Island with plexiglass shields coming down in front of the stage, right where the monitors are. Yeah. So if there's like three or four people up front, they're like three or four plexiglass shields right in front of them, right in front of the mic stands. That's interesting. Yeah, you, you brought up a good point about being a lead singer in a mask. I'm, I'm thinking about Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Man, that guy forever wore a mask and it's like, oh my gosh, that's, yeah. Sorry, my brain was just stuck on that for a second. Yeah, like, I think he might have openings. Like well, they, yeah, yeah, it's a small, yeah, it's a small little opening, but still, that's like, that's still tough, man. I couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't comfortable at all. No, right? Oh man. Yeah. That's okay. I feel better that I wore one. Absolutely. Just, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So when is the next live stream? And we'll put, like I said, I'll put all the socials but do you guys have something planned already well we are discussing it's not 100 percent confirmed yet you know uh, but i think it will be cool but i think we're gonna do gas lamp in long beach on august 22nd they're still working out the details i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble for saying anything um we'll just it's we'll, maybe it's a maybe it's yeah. a maybe well it's, well yeah everybody will go to the website that's that they'll keep up on that because it'll be on the website right on your yeah but it's just going to be a, a live stream cool. oh wait I, is it going to be i think it is going to be a live stream and, and then it's or they might uh live stream it for people in the parking lot sure. i'm not sure how it's going to work it's just the the beginning of discussions but just keep People can check our Facebook page. It'll be yeah. on there and on our website. And um, we've got two band members that, you know, their job is social media. And nice. they're really good at it, actually. Yeah, I see your stuff. I, I love it. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I've liked the page. I see the updates and all that. It's rad. So, Rhonda, before we wrap up, um, 
socials. So share your socials where people can find you online and so forth. I'll put a little link underneath. I'll put the print out. Yeah. We're... Oh, okay. Well, the Iron Maidens have a Facebook page. If you do a search and you type in the Iron Maidens, we're going to come up. You're going to see it. There's going to be the Iron Maidens group and then the Iron Maidens official Facebook page, okay. you know, for the band. Um, I'm on Facebook, you know, I, well, not very much compared to, <laughs> compared people to the, the Iron Maidens on Facebook. Yeah. 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 Um, then there's the ironmaidens.com. Cool. And, cool. uh, if you're in, uh, California, mm -hmm. Symphony.org, that those are pretty much, uh, that's pretty much the stuff I'm doing for right now. Cool. Uh, what little there is to be done right now. Yeah. yeah. You're making the most of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, what more can you do? It's not like, um, and I practice on my own a lot. Sure. And, uh, you know, there's nothing stopping for people from playing at home and being creative at home. So yeah. try not to get too bummed out about it. Absolutely. And, and you have an Instagram also, the Iron Maidens Instagram. I'll put yeah, up. Yeah, the Iron Maidens has cool. Instagram and Twitter. Um, cool. I don't. I, no, it's all right. Yeah, I'm yeah. Not a, I'm not really on a social media as much as the, as the others sure it's, uh, okay, it's not necessarily a bad thing yeah it's okay no, you're not so, missing yeah. much. well i mean i i work i work a lot too so yeah you know you mean you have a life wait a second you have a <laughs> right. life and you're not on facebook seven hours a day no it's okay we're <laughs> yeah but we can find the Iron Maidens Instagram, so yep. everything on the the IronMaidens.com website. Yep. So. I'll find all the links. Yeah. Oh, I'll I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, no. thanks so much. Yeah, this is great. This yeah, is thanks you guys so much for uh, you know, um, the interview and yeah. speaking mm -hmm. and you know, just speaking with me. Usually, it's our singer who who does most of the interviews, so. I'm a little bit out of my uh, comfort zone, but it's all right, you know? It's awesome. We want to talk to the bassists. We want to talk to bass players, <laughs> True. man. Come it on. It is the big bottom, you know? It's the right. big bottom, yes, you know? So, yeah, we love it, man. We loved having you, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the point where I actually stop recording, but we keep going because we want to talk some more crap off of the camera. So anyways. The after party, Steve? It's the after party, Wanda. So hold on. But for everybody out there, Wanda, we thank you so much for taking the time. It really means oh, a lot. Yes, thank, thank you very much. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, thanks for keeping uh, the bass world going and uh, <laughs> giving some people something to tune into. And, you know, thank you. We're doing we're We're trying. We're doing it. And with everybody's help, with your help also. So, all right, public, we're going to say goodbye. But hang on, Wanda. Okay.